welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Today on the podcast, I am chatting with author Margaret Feinberg, and we are talking about exposing false beliefs and the daily practice that she has found to be so life-changing in combating these lies and how we tend to just really doubt what God is doing and what he has called us to. She just shares so much wisdom, like practical, tangible ways to step out of the ways of doubt and lies and really reclaim the power that God has already bestowed upon you. Margaret, hey, welcome to the show. Oh, what a joy. I mean, I feel like when it comes to crappy Christian, particularly in this season, I think I I would elbow you to get to the finish line first there on that one. I mean, I do have it trademarked, so I might beat you, but really the more the merrier though. I don't, there's not going to ever be too many of us. Right. I'll be your, I'll be your crappy vice president, Christian. How's that? I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Sign me up. (laughs) So we're here to talk about your new book, More Power to You, Declarations to Break Free from Fear and Take Back Your Life. And I am dying that you did not write this book for 2020, that you didn't know that it was going to be basically the tagline of what everybody needs in 2020. Right. And you know, what's really crazy uh, backstory is I actually had the idea for this book back in 2016, put together the whole proposal for it, just the, the concept and everything. And then I sensed just that little whisper inside that said, not yet, not yet. Mm. And so it was, I think 2018 went through a really tough season and coming out of it, it was like, this is it. You now have the fresh stories. You have the content. It's time. So I reached out to my, my representative, amazing human. And I said, Hey, I have this proposal. I think it's time to send it. And he took a little bit and, and, he, and I don't know why, but literally he sent it out. And I think that was like a, a gift of grace. And so we sent it out and I just wanted one publisher and they wrote back and said, you know what? We were actually talking about you yesterday. I'm going to ask Ooh. you for a proposal. And this showed up on our desk. Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, and then this releases right now in this season, in a season where I think a lot of us are feeling so disempowered. Mm -hmm. We're feeling shame about our disempowerment. We're feeling the fear of so much uncertainty, so much chaos, so much the insanity of our culture. And I'm like, God, it feels like you had like a plan up your sleeve. Right. On top of that, like at this moment, I am not just releasing this message. I feel like I'm being tested in this message. Mm -hmm. And so in this message, I'm literally clinging to it and fighting back with it each and every day in my own life. Uh, Yeah. And those are always the best stories are the ones where you put it out into the world and you go, yeah, I need this just as much, if not more than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like down in it, right? You're in the trenches of 
no, I need to take my life back. So I'm writing this. It's, I always say, I'm telling you to tell myself, (laughs) I'm telling you, but I'm really telling myself that like, I need this just as much. Yeah. I'm also realizing that I were so excited that I didn't even have you introduce yourself. Oh, (laughs) I'm your bestie and this is super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us just really quick a little bit about who you are, your podcast, your books, what you do, and then we'll keep going. Yeah. My name is Margaret Feinberg. I've been writing for about 20 plus years and have taught written books, Bible studies, lots and lots and lots of them. Things like Taste and See, Discovering God Among Butchers, Bakers, and Fresh Food Makers, The Sacred Echo, Fight Back with Joy. And over the last 20 years, I've just had the privilege of sharing the story of what God has been doing in my life and what he's been doing in our generation and in communities around the world. And I have a super fun podcast called The Joycast. And I live in Utah, where my husband and I moved about five years ago for him to plan a church campus. And so we are right in the thick of it all. Mm -hmm. And we love our life. We love our friends. And even in the tough seasons, which this is one of them, like Mm -hmm. I still, I, I have this theory. I'll just go ahead and just spill all the beans right here, right at the front. Like I have this theory that the disciples, if you read historically, they died just terrible deaths, you know, burned alive, stoned to death, died by suicide. It was just awful, awful, awful. But I think that if you talk to the disciples when we cross the line into the beauty and wonder of God's presence, I think they will say, but in following Jesus, we had the time of our lives. Amen. And I think that's, that's my philosophy for life and ministry. And as hard as it is, we are having the time of our lives. Well, and I think that the reality is, is that you're going to walk through that crap either way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're going to face really difficult seasons you're going to face death eventually whether it's traumatic or or natural we're going to walk through all this stuff anyway yeah i want to walk through it next to the god of the universe who helps shoulder my burdens and guides my way yeah 100% sign me up i was talking to my friend Tammy Dunahoo last night and she did a research on calling and people you know, kind of use that word calling, like I'm called to this or I'm called it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, if you, if you use that word long enough, it really just doesn't hold water. Yeah. Some of you are like shaking at your core when I just said that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> if you look in the Bible, there are really three callings and they are to be a child of God, to be a servant of God and to encounter suffering in this life. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like it's not a book. It's not a business card. It's not something that you get a lot of likes and followers on Instagram for like, that's what we're called to. And that remains true in this season and all seasons. And and so as hard as that is to hear, I think it's really liberating. at the same. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. And so talking about kind of what we're living through now, even though you say you didn't write this book for it, I'll believe it when I see proof. <laughs> right now, you know, there's this sense of powerlessness and yeah. no control. And that really applies to any of it. That applies to coronavirus, politics, culture, life, any of it. You can just you just feel completely out of control. Why do you why do you think that is? You know, I think in my own life, when kind of like I had this idea and then I went through a tough season, I just reached a place where I think it was a little existential. 
it was just a, a series series of just life had taken its toll. And this is before the virus, by the way, and just reaching that place where I, I was just discouraged and beat down. And, and I remember sitting across from my friend, Chris at lunch one day, and he just, he put his fork down. He looked me in the eyes and said, Margaret, I don't know when it happened or where it happened, but somewhere along the way, you have made agreements with the universe that are not true. Whoa. Wow. Mic drop. Yeah. Mic drop. And I was like, okay, first of all, that sounds a little woo-woo, agreement with the universe. But as I realized that I thought about just that I had, that I'd been starting to think like my best days are behind me. This is too hard. Things are never going to change. And I remember I, I came home and I just said, Lord, I don't, I don't know what agreements I've been making, but would you you know, through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit, like just show me the agreements that, that I've been making. And, and then just with tears running down my face, I just started writing them down, you know, thoughts like Mm. I'm too much. I'm not enough. This is just how it is. You know, I need to make everybody happy. You know, God tolerates me. I have to do it on my own. These, just these thoughts. And, And what happens is, is you start to think these thoughts and the thoughts come by your head. And then what happens in my life, and I think in a lot of our lives, they they come and you can't control what thought comes, but then I begin to acknowledgement and Mm -hmm. I begin to say, okay, and then I begin to think that way. And then I came into agreement with it. And when I did that, I crossed an important spiritual threshold because I wasn't just coming into agreement with a thought. I was coming into agreement with a lie, with the kind of things that the accuser of the saints says. And I began this downward thought spiral. And I said, Lord, I don't want to think this way. Mm-hmm. And so one by one, I began clinging to that verse in, in Romans where I'm saying, you know, I am going to take every thought captive. I'm going to break every agreement that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And that may be in First Corinthians right now. I'm a little blurry. It's a little COVID world. But because um, <laughs> I'm a crappy Christian too. And as I began to do that, I began to think, okay, so here are this this ridiculous list of lies of falsities that I'm agreeing with, but how do I, I I repent? I want a different mind, but I need to to not just take those away. I I need to replace them with something else. And so I started making this list of just daily declarations, deeply rooted in scripture. And I started carving out just 90 seconds a day to say them out loud. And I started saying things like, Jesus is king of my life. I am who Christ says I am. I take every thought captive. I break every agreement that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. My purpose is to love, serve, glorify, and enjoy God forever. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives in me. Do you know, just 72 hours after starting to do this, my husband looked at me. And he said, you are lighter and freer than I have seen in months. Oh. And so that's what I did with more power too. I started taking this list and then looking at both the declarations and the lies that not just I believe, but are so prevalent in our culture mm-hmm. and creating 52 devotions and tying them to this 90 second daily power declaration challenge that if you'll just start doing this and just commit for seven, 10, 30 days, 90 seconds, all we're asking for and start proclaiming these things in your life. It is a accessible tool in this super stressful, overwhelming age that starts every day by aligning our thoughts and our minds with the person of Jesus Christ. And there is power in it. How are you preaching? (laughs) Well, and what I love is that you're not just pointing out the lies. Right. I feel like so often in our culture, we point out the lies, but we don't give people the tools to uproot them. And we definitely don't give them what 
should replace it. What the truth that goes where that hole was, you know, if we're using a, a tree analogy, that a lot of the time those roots run deep and they run wide, but God is faithful and able to root them out, to pull them out. And he's given us everything we need to replace them. Yeah. So if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that I am a huge advocate for counseling. I'm super open about my personal mental health struggles and even more so how counseling has made such a massive impact. And so in the midst of some of the weirdest times, I am super excited to partner with Faithful Counseling to bring you affordable and accessible online Christian counseling. You get matched with your counselor within 24 hours and you can start talking. You can do texting. You can do calls. You can do video conferences. If you don't immediately jive with your counselor, you can switch and they price on a sliding scale. So it's always going to be affordable. And I really just cannot sing their praises enough, as well as the people that I have been able to connect with their services. I constantly get DMs from people just thanking me for telling them about it. So I wanted to tell you about it. You can get 10% off of your first month with Faithful Counseling by going to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian and connect with a counselor and start getting the help that you need today. I love that you've, you're you not just saying, hey, here's the lie you're believing, but you're saying, okay, now replace it and speak this over your life because here's the truth. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just being honest because today's super honest beans day, but I feel like a lot of the books that were written about the lies we believe, like maybe in the like circa 1980s, 1990s are more different than maybe some of the ones we believe today and that are just culturally accepted. Or mm. so that's just part of our personal. Let me let me give you a classic example, and and I struggle with this one. I don't know if you do, and it, it's the lie. I need to make everyone happy. You have, you ever wrestle with that? Abs- well, eh, not really, but okay, you to play a lot. <laughs> I know a lot of people do. Yeah, and you know it's kind of like I call it supposed to itis. You know, mm. and so many of us suffer in this syndrome in silence, and the general population is woefully uneducated about our plight. And often we have the supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to arrive early, I'm supposed to stay late, I'm supposed to volunteer for the extra project, I'm supposed to bake 79 cupcakes from scratch. And it becomes that sense of like, I'm supposed to be all things to all people. And it becomes really, I know for me, it just, I want to make people happy. Like it's fun. It's delightful. But the problem is the supposed can make us cranky because underneath each one is the desire to people please. And yeah. a list of people to please, it's like it never stops. The employers, the colleagues, the teachers, the coaches, the friends, the neighbors, the parents, the in-laws, the spouses, the children, the board members, the book club buddies, on and on. Yeah. And I think so often we, we fall into people pleasing because it's confused with kindness. And so uh-huh. when someone requests a favor, even when it's a great cost or inconvenience, we sometimes do it because it feels like it's the right thing to do. And yet if we dig down often underneath that eagerness to please, I know in my own life are issues of self-worth, you know, saying yes to others makes us feel accepted and liked and needed. But too much people pleasing makes us resentful towards others and maybe even yes. taking advantage of. Yes. And so starting to realize, wait a second, there is a cure that exists. We can start breaking this addiction to people pleasing, asking for the Holy Spirit's presence and wisdom, practicing saying no to a simple request and working our way up to bigger ones. 
you know, cultivating an awareness of the kind of triggers and peoples and situations and circumstances that spark the spostaitis mm-hmm. and starting to look for alternative responses next time. Beginning to declare that, you know what, the aim of life is not, is, is to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. Thank goodness. And so that our purpose is to serve, love, and enjoy God and take a step back. And, and so I think a lot of the lies that we're looking at more power to you, you know, are, are subtle. Sometimes we accept them as part of our personality, the way we're made, the way we we're raised and saying, no, 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 no. We can start becoming aware of these and, and being heightened to them and starting to chart out a different course, a different life. Amen. I mean, I feel like every time you finish talking, I am a little bit speechless, which is very rare for me because talking is what I do. But I, I'm just sitting here soaking up all of your incredible wisdom. And so because of that, so there's 52 of these intentional daily devotions that examine the lies that rob us of our sense of calm. Can you maybe like walk us through one or two of them? Yeah, I, I'll just. I'll just talk about, you know, some of the ones that I've been through. I know one is, you know, and this is a subtle, again, when we say the word lie, it's kind of like a violent word. And I don't know, it's a false belief. It's a false narrative. And and sometimes they come from childhood. They come from that coach who said something terrible to us. They come maybe for me. I just found out recently I have ADHD. I never knew it. Like Mm. it explains a whole lot for my life. Yeah. And so like, I know one of the the false beliefs that that slipped into my life is I'll never recover from this. Mm. And um, a few years ago, I went through a, just a horrific battle with an aggressive form of cancer and, you know, four or five surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation. I mean, my body was just beat to tar mm-hmm. and I didn't bounce back like I hoped. And, you know, there was chemically induced brain fog, chronic pain, nightmares of relapse, you know, that stole my sleep. And this went on for years. And somewhere along the way, the accuser slipped in and whispered, you'll never recover from this. Mm. And I nodded in agreement. I think we all encounter tragedy from which we doubt we can recover. Some of, some of our precious listeners, you're in it right now. You're the one who's lost the job. You're the one whose spouse you're fighting for, for their life. You're the one who's fighting for your mental health. You're the one who, who is looking at financial ruin. You're the one who is a long hauler from COVID. And in the midst of it, the enemy wants to say, you'll never recover from this. And yet what I've seen and what the scripture teaches us is that Jesus Christ, you know, he went to the grave. And I remember reading in the gospel of Mark one day, and I read about these religious leaders known as Sadducees Mm -hmm. and convinced that Jesus's journey ended in a dark tomb. They framed their belief system that there is no resurrection. I thought those religious people, those Sadducees, those are terrible. Until I realized the Holy Spirit was saying to me, you have areas in your life Mm -hmm. where you don't believe in the resurrection either. Mm. And I went, Lord, I I have these wounds. I have these unsightly places and I need you every step on the road to recovery. I need you to have that resurrection power inside of me to bring back to life a kind of restoration that happens in your economy, that that things don't just come back as they were, they come back better. Mm. Father, show me my grave clothes. Show me where I'm living in the stiffness and the stench. 
you know, where, where that stench, I've been in it long enough that it becomes familiar and comfortable and saying, Jesus, I believe that the resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. We're listening, man. It lives in you. And so we rise up and we declare every day the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in me. Come on. And for some of you, you may say, you're telling me just to say things out loud. And, and I am. There's a couple of reasons I'm doing it. Number one, the reason declarations are so powerful every day and in this season is because you're not just saying it to yourself. Okay, let's just say that. Number one, you are saying it to yourself. Number two, you are saying it to the enemy, the accuser of the saints, the great liar. You are declaring the truth to him. And when you do it, he backs up six feet Satan. And Mm -hmm. number three, you are saying it to God. You are reciting God's word back to him, the truth of who Christ is. And in the process of that, you are literally rewiring your brain and brain science, dismantling the super highways that have been put in your brain and have slowly built over time to negative thought patterns, self-sabotaging thoughts. You are dismantling them and you are rebuilding them to that which is life-giving, free, and true. Mm. It's powerful. Yeah. Again, a little bit speechless because I have a lot of trouble with that never word. Which it's funny because I tell my six-year-old, like, stop saying never. But then I say that word to myself all the time. I'll never recover from this or I'll never get there or this will never end. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm kind of externally processing this right now. But I wonder if some of that line of thought comes from knowing and believing that there is a component of the Christian life that is carrying our burdens and picking up our cross and carrying it. that we because of that have tied it up into therefore like this is my cross to bear i'm never going to be free of it yeah. i'm never going to recover from it yeah and like i think that there are cases that that may be true but that's that's also not necessarily gospel ah ah yeah that i'm like uh i hear what you're saying i have thought the same things in more power too i refuse to believe that yeah you know not that There are things in our life that God will use the hard places, the difficult places to produce the flavor of our son, Jesus Christ in us. And yet we're not the ones who cling to the hard places. We're the ones who take those hard places and give them to God again and again and again, that he would do what he will. But in that giving to him, we're not like, it's just always going to be this way. You know, we're like Christ, you are the one who rose from the dead with new hope. You make all things new. You are the one whose mercies are new every morning. And I will keep giving back to you this place of pain, this place of suffering again and again and again. So, so yeah, I hear you in that thought pattern, but man, I think that's part of the thing that we have got to break free from. No. Yeah. That's why I was kind of saying it out loud. Cause I was thinking, why, yeah. why do I think that you know, there's nothing like publicly processing yeah, no. the, the things that you, God's kind of unfurling. And I love that you don't shy away from talking about the hard stuff and the, the, like, the dark stuff, that there is evil and there is a battle and there are forces of darkness. And we have to talk, not only talk about it, but speak back to it and declare truth to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. There, There is a spiritual battle being fought. I mean, there is evil in this world. If you are listening to that and you don't believe it, I just say, 
turn on the news. And I'm not talking yeah. about politics. I'm talking about genocide. I'm talking about there is evil that wants to crush humanity. And we as the children of God are the ones who I think are supposed to rise up and fight that back with joy and with love and with grace and with patience and with everything that's become so incredibly foreign, it feels like in this moment in history, in this world. When I finish the, the, and you finish saying the daily declarations that are in the book, you know, the last one, and it's God works all things for my good and his glory. I will look for the character of incompetence of God in every situation. And I am on God's offensive team mm. today. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I am so stinking sick of being on the defensive team. I, I'm exhausted. We're in a tough season right now. But, but at a certain point, we say, even in this, I'm on God's offensive team. I'm not just going to be a victim. I'm not just going to be sucker punched. I'm going to rise up, not on my own strength. I don't have it. I'm broken. I'm a disaster. But I'm going to rise up in that and recognize my role as a kingdom bearer, a Holy Spirit bringer, a child of God whose power lives in me, especially on the days when I feel most disempowered and powerless. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Because if we're not, and you, what you said about if you don't think that evil is at work, turn on the news. Like, <laughs> what's crazy to me is that there really are people who, well, you know what, I can say this because I've been there, where maybe you grew up around people who talked about forces of evil too much, yeah. and they made it this big, scary thing. Yeah. Or you grew up where we never talked about it, so you don't really have any concept of it. If you don't know you're going into battle, you don't put on armor. Right. right. <laughs> if you don't, if you think you're just walking through life with God at your side, you don't know that you need to suit up, that there's, it's going down all around you all the time. And that that is why we have verses like we do at Galatians that tell us to put on the full armor of God. That that's not just a cute Sunday school story or a Sunday school song. But it's God going, well, if you need armor, then there must be a war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jesus is the one on the big white horse when he returns. But even if you look at the gospels, you see he time and time again, he woke into, he walked into, you know, spiritual battle, people who are oppressed mm-hmm. he, uh, by spiritual forces. He, he walked into to places where there was just brokenness in the body, where there was brokenness in relationship, where there was brokenness in religious systems. And he took it on. And I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, there is a real battle. And if there's any like point of the altar, it is the moment when he was filleted open on that cross and mm-hmm. brutally butchered alive and then rises up with resurrection power in its midst and mm-hmm. healing power. And I think that is that is what we've got to lean into. And, and there's more power to you, for you, in you, in mm-hmm. us than I think we ever realized. And so I know it's a devotional, which I was like, oh, super soft, but like people <laughs> start to write me and just say, I'm kind of angry at you because you are getting in my business. Like huh. <laughs> you are calling me out and, and making me recognize like me too. I've been believing some of these false things. Yeah. And so, so this isn't, this isn't your, like, if you're looking for a super light, fluffy, I walked along the beach devotional and <laughs> this ain't it. Fish, yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be sorely disappointed, but if you <laughs> want something that is going to, you know, empower you, free you and help you see things clearly in this maddening time, more power mm-hmm. to you does that. Mm. So I have a, a Facebook group community and it's all the people who are going through my course. 
And it's so funny because one of them commented just yesterday, I think, about throwing a tantrum. Jokingly, kind of, probably a little bit. But why are you making me look at this? Why are you making me (laughs) acknowledge this? And I was just like, you're welcome. It's what you paid for. And also, if I have to be aware of and wake up to this stuff, then you do too. Like, you got to come with me. Yeah. Yeah, it's time to get kids. Like, I think that if the pandemic and all of this has shown, it's our lack of spiritual maturity, and that we are called to rise up and grow up and always in Christ. And that's a painful and a hard process. But I believe we are. Uh, this is our greatest moment, kids. Like, this is it. This is in our yeah. generation. This is our moment, and we are gonna, you know, be stripped down. But any of the stripping, any of the the revealing, it is for our healing, our wholeness, our good. And so that we can walk out and be on God's offensive team like never before. Amen. So what is your favorite declaration in the book? Oh, gosh. I know. Hard question. You know what? It is one and it is, uh, there's many, but I think you know, there's some that are like, I refuse to bow my knee to the accuser, listen to the voice of the adversary, and I will not flinch in the face of adversity. Mm. But I think for me in this season, you know, my husband, uh, just last week, he, uh, he just hit a spiritual wall. I mean, he's a pastor and just needed to take a sabbatical just from sheer Mm -hmm. exhaustion. He's been working 60 Mm -hmm. plus hours a week for six months and just hit the wall. And so it's just been a hard time for us to, you know, try to get rest in us, get rejuvenation, get life-giving things, get out of that. And so I'm literally like, I mean, this state, these statements, these declarations, by the way, they are pinned on my bathroom mirror. They're tucked Mm. in my Bible. They're above my toilet paper roll. They're in my car. Okay. Like I'm swimming with Jesus kingdom. Like, this is not something I'm like, you guys should do this. Like I'm literally living by oxygen by this. But I think one of the declarations that stands out is I will look for the character and competence of God in every situation. And I think we often talk about the character of God, but I don't think we talk about the competence of God enough Mm -hmm. in the sense that, yes, he's good. Yes, he's loving. Yes, all the things, but he's competent. And even when it looks like gross incompetence in a broken, fallen world, he is still competent. He's still at work. He's still knitting things together. He's still working behind the wall, behind the scenes in a world we cannot even understand. But when we start to look for the character and the competence, I think that's powerful, especially, again, at this moment in history. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, lo- I knew asking you if you had a favorite mm-hmm. that's like with any book that's so difficult to narrow it down, especially something that spans a width like yours does. But I knew that there had to be something that was kind of carrying you right now. Mm-hmm that's the beauty of something that is this intentional and specific. Every single one is going to grab you. Some of them may just feel like they're leaning in a little bit more in different seasons. You know, Job, good old Job, right? He's our buddy in every season. Like, yep. <laughs> oh, yep. Job. He's, he's, my, he's one of my Bible bestie boyfriends, but <laughs> calamity happens. His friends surround him. And for the first seven days, they sit in silence and they mourn with Job. And they bring consolation. And on the eighth day, they open their mouths and the whole scene spirals. And rather than speak the words that bring healing, they a lot of the, some of their thoughts and words actually align with the accuser. 
you know, yeah. and, and they become like the words become wounds and, and say, you know, well, this is a hidden source of sin in your life. And, you know, they pour acid on his unexplainable pain. And yet Job believes that he'll be vindicated in the end. And rather yeah. than tumble into despair, he clings to the promise of rescue in Job 13, 16. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. Mm-hmm. And I declare that and I cling to that. Because it's, it's interesting, he does not claim that he'll be delivered from prison or death, but I think in that declaration, you know, it's going to turn out for my deliverance, he stands on two steady pillars, and that is God's character, and that is God's competence. And mm-hmm. that the Bible teaches us that God is as you know, dependable as gravity. He doesn't change. His purposes are unfailing. His promises are trustworthy. His presence is guaranteed, and he is self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you need, God's not going to run out of it. He's not like, ruh-roh, COVID, the store. Got to get out. Like, <laughs> oh, didn't see that coming. And remember, like nothing is too difficult. And so when we, we stand on the faithfulness and power and, and we begin to like, no, 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 wait a second. Like he's confident. I don't need to thrust myself in situations where I don't belong. I don't need to open my mouth when I should bite my tongue. I don't need to snatch the steering wheel when I should be riding shotgun. Yeah. Begin to declare, I will look for the character and confidence of God in every situation. Because when we declare it, it starts to open our eyes for God in life's finest details. Mm-hmm. To, to start noticing his presence in situations we hadn't even considered. And, and even those places where maybe we believe the lie, this won't end well. And instead, combating that with the truth, this will turn out for my deliverance, mm-hmm. no matter what. Amen. Amen. So, okay, obviously now we all need a copy of More Power to You. Where do we find it? I'm guessing just where the books, where you get the books. Go to More Power to You. Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I would beg you guys, if you have a local bookstore and you can walk yes. in there and order this bookstore, please support the brick and mortar. Please support people, men and women who have poured their lives into an independent bookstore and they're risking everything, including their homes, their mortgages, everything to keep that store alive. Would you go support them? It yes. would the world to me. And then once you do, go to More Power to you book.com and go claim a ton of free gifts. We have, you know, video of me saying these over you audio. We've got the cutest frameable. So you can put it above your toilet paper roll too. (laughs) You know, just there's a, there's a scripture list on the power of the Holy spirit. There's so much in there that we just want to give you to accompany you on this journey and then jump on Facebook or Instagram because we're going to start doing some meetups online. And we're also going to do a 30-day challenge for more power to you as we say these out loud and start talking about what through this declaration is is God like putting a little holy comment to be like, hey, pay attention to this because you don't really believe this. Right. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Margaret, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I so enjoy you. You are a gift. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for giving us grace, even on the title of your podcast. Thank you for being such a great conversationalist, fabulous questions, and just the joyous, delightful person that God has made you to be. Oh my gosh. Thank you. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, Can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.